Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Gary Mackay and joining me today to sift through the silt of the international break for nuggets of podcast gold is the grizzled old prospector himself, Jules Boyle. Yar. <laughs> On today's show, we'll be discussing the cost of attending football matches in Scotland, establishing once and for all which premiership manager we'd least like to fight, and finally, as if it wasn't clear enough that it's been a slow news day, we'll be finishing up with another game. Yep, need to be done. So on to the first topic. Today the BBC has released its annual cost of football report, laying out how much it costs to attend Scottish football matches. There are a few things which jumped out at me, which I'll just hit you with just now. The most expensive season ticket at Rangers will set you back £724. The cheapest away ticket for Celtic Park is £27, which if you've ever been an away fan at Celtic Park, means just stuck behind a giant green pillar. Not that it's better. <laughs> Shout out to Ross County, whose cheapest season ticket is 250 quid, rather, which is genuinely good value because it's £25 for an individual game. So you go to 10 games, that's paid for itself. Um, the drawback is you have to go to 10 games. Yes, that's true. The cheapest adult season ticket in the division is St Mirren, whose cheapest is £240, which is less than all but two championship clubs. It's £260 for a season ticket at Somerset Park, which I admit there's a Kelly bias here, but £260 to sit in Somerset Park strikes me as a little bit excessive, but not compared to Dundee United, who charge £430 for their most expensive season ticket, which is £4 less than Aberdeen, more than Hamilton, Kilmarnock, Motherwell, Livingston, St. Johnson, Ross County and St. Mirren. And perhaps most shockingly of all, the average price for a match ticket in League 2 is £14.40. Jules, are fans being priced out of the game? Yes, I don't think it's even up for debate. Um, obviously, there, there's a, there's been um, global economic crises over recent years. There's been there's been various things going on. The prices are going up everywhere. Price of concert tickets are up. Price of football is up. But you just kind of have to look at it and you think, without getting all jumpers for goalposts and all that sort of stuff, like that, it, it used to be very much a family game, a working class game, and, and a middle class game. People would go to the game. Um, they bring their kids, they bring their families and they do the thing. And you look at the prices now, and obviously some teams are doing efforts to, to encourage folk to bring their kids. I mean, Thistle done that great thing a few years ago. It was like kids in free, just bumped. Um, other teams do like 50 quid up to a certain age and things like that for a season ticket, which is all great. But these things all still add up. Um, and when you factor in the, the adult prices, I mean, that, that's where really it comes from. It's not even so much the kid prices, which some of them are quite outrageous, but it's the adult prices and how much these season tickets are, or individual tickets are or how much they're putting for Europa game tickets, I mean, the packages and stuff like that, or how much they're putting the price up for the visits of certain teams and things. It's generally, there's very few clubs that aren't out to, to make a, a, a killing off their fans. Um, and that is the lifeblood of the support. And that's the, and, and my, my biggest, well, my two biggest annoyances of this, one is the fact that a lot of people just can't afford to go to the game. Um, you get the great things that I'm sure lots of other clubs have these things. The one I know in particular is the Cano Foundation at the work at Celtic. And they take um, children and teenagers who are disadvantaged or whatever reason they can't go to the game and bring them to the games and they raise a lot of money for it. And they're taking thousands and thousands of kids so far, like literally the number. I wish I just thought it there. I wish I'd looked it up. It's, look it up yourselves. It's a massive amount and they do this great thing. And that's brilliant. But they shouldn't have to do you mean it should be affordable for young people to go to games it should be there it is and that's an issue and the mother concern with it is it's going to get to a point and I'm, I'm scared of this with music as well that it's going to become I think I talked to the pod the other day 
is culturally culturally bred out of young people of going to the football, same as going to concerts, because it's so expensive, and it's not going to be a thing like you get if you're like you know fourteen and used to be able to go with your mates and somebody would go, you get a bunch of young guys, are 12, 13, 14, they go to the game themselves and go and watch their team and do whatever they can. It's a lot of money now to be able to do that. Do you know what I mean? And it's, is your dad just going to go boom? There you go. There, you know, there's two parents working full time, just about paying the bills as it is these days. It seems to be, and you know, there's a whack of money to go to the game every week or every second week or go to away games. It's, it's this slow drip feeding away from it, and you see the expense. You see how expensive it is to get a pie. How much is a pie in your average stadium these days? Too? I mean, I think when you look at the report, is most of it's about two pound fifty. I think it's two seventy five at Aberdeen. You know, it's, it's a, a lot. Pie. Of money. Yeah, and if you're getting, you know, if you're going with a, with your kid, you get yeah. one for you, one for the kid, you, another two fifty pounds yeah, for yeah. a cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, if it's an away game, you might have had to, you you know, you've had to drive there or get public yeah. transport to yeah. get there. I mean, it really adds up quickly. It, it just rattles up totally. Exactly. Well, there you go. Even in, even in a sort of microcosm of how how unaffordable it can possibly be, it's two fifty, two seventy five for a pie. I mean, that's just, it's festival prices, I mean, it's that kind of disgrace, but and what they do, obviously, is that you, a lot of the time they rent out the space to contractors and they set the prices and they pay the, the clubs the money to have that space in it, same as festivals, so obviously then they get charged over, you know, a, a lot of money to get that space, put it back to the fans, charge us money, so it's, it's one one thing after another, and obviously then you add in like the merch costs and the, the replica kits and blah, 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 all these sort of things, it just all becomes this really massive money-making generating thing. And it's that you think, well, where, where's the, where's the mum or the dad who doesn't have a lot of money? And I think as well, a lot of them find it. Do you know what I mean? Because it, because it's Celtic, it's Rangers, it's Kamarnock, it's that, and that's that's the thing. You will find money for this. But if they're doing that, it's finding it from other places, and they're having to make these hard decisions or not being able to afford it. And it is becoming bred out. It's just Sky Sports culture. It's this sort of thing of, you know, there's money before all. And I know I sound like an old droner getting on about this show, but, but it's true. You, if you if you do the math and you add up how much it costs, and we talked about earlier on, if you add up how much it costs to go and see your team at home or team away for just an adult and a kid, do you know what I mean? It's been crazy money, do you know what I mean? I, I think you'd done, you'd crunch some numbers in that. Yeah, well, I mean, I was just looking at it. I was just saying, for for example, in a away trip I've done, if you know, if you go and come on it to Motherwell, it's whatever, it's I think 28 quid for the ticket at Motherwell. Yeah. It's going to be about, what, 12 quid's return on the train from Kilmarnock to Motherwell. Take a kid with you, their ticket, okay, it'll be cheaper, it'll be a tenner, whatever. You're still adding tenner on, pie each, cup of tea each, that's another tenner. Um, then, you you know, maybe go for go for a pint before the game, add another yeah. three quid. You're looking at, what, 70, 80 quid by the time all in. Yeah. And, you know, people, I think a lot of people can't afford to do that, this, uh, you know, every weekend or every second weekend. Yeah. A lot of clubs do try and do, you know, they do family season tickets where mm. you get yeah, an adult season ticket and you get whatever, two kids with it. But but I think just the, I think the, the, the cost of it is putting people off. And I think, you know, just go back to something that you mentioned um Sky Sports now I think there are a lot maybe this is just anecdotal evidence but from what I see when you, you see kids playing football or you hear kids that a lot of them support like English teams or Barcelona uh-huh. or Real Madrid or whatever do you think that's because they're just sitting watching football on the telly they're not going to the games so yeah. if you're going to be watching it on the telly you're just going to gravitate towards the better teams and the best teams and you're going to end up with a sort of lost generation of people who are going to grow up supporting Manchester United maybe going to one game a season supporting Barcelona maybe taking a trip to Barcelona every couple of years rather than going along to watch the, the local team or, or a Scottish team anyway. I think so. I think that's definitely an issue. I mean, kids eh, have always supported big teams as well. I mean, mm-hmm. it's always a thing. You know, you're a kid and, you know, I had, you know, all manner of strips and tops and stuff like that when I, when I was young and sort of liked them. But you always had your team that you supported or your national team as well, whatever, but this thing. But now I think it's definitely, it's definitely a factor. If you're not, because it's, it's not just about supporting your local team. Um, 
which obviously a lot of folk want to do, and then there's always the argument about certain fans, other clubs. Yeah, I guess that'll be an argument for another day. Blah, whether blah, you should blah, support blah. your local yeah, team. Yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, there's no time to get into Not that even one. Not getting that yeah. one. Not getting that one. But so you support a Scotland to a team in your league, and it always kind of irks me. So we say when people in Scotland call it a daddy league and stuff, and you see their profile, and it's a Barcelona badge or a, a Chelsea badge or, or whatever, you just think oh, you're actually Scottish or Irish people. Do you know what I mean? Who've got their own league and then slag off our one because they support Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? Or things like that. But I think that that's maybe a good model. Is you see, if you live in Ireland and you're not coming over for Celtic or Rangers games or whatever like that, you're in a country where you're you're, you're essentially picking a team. You're not picking your your local team because for a reason, and you're picking a team. You're not going to pick, you know, I don't know, Blackpool. Do you yeah. know what I mean? If if you're picking a, you're going to pick a team. Not only is a successful one because you're a child and you're going to be attracted to success and, and good players and exciting football, but one that's on the telly all the time. It's not you're not going to pick the one that's you know when it's hardly ever on as well. You're going to go for or it's Barcelona or it's you know um, Bayern or you're going to pick one of the big glamorous teams that's always in the Champions League all that stuff. And the the difference is if you're not going to your local games, I'm just using local bunny ears. You can't say it here, but if you're not going to a, a, a games regularly in the flesh and doing the thing, it's not just about the supporting the team and the cheering them on and stuff like that. It's actually going every week or going regularly and being involved and feeling connected with that team. That's that's the thing that makes you a fan. It's not so much the, you know, being in the stand and cheering the team on and knowing the player stuff. It's actually the physical part of supporting the team that engenders you into that's that's what I do. I, I support Celtic, I support Rangers, I support Kelly because of that. And I think this is that's the psychology. And if you're not going to the games, you're not getting that buy in, it's almost like some sort of, you know, like you know, estranged family. Do you know what I mean, you're not going to be as close to an yeah, estranged supported family by proxy, member. basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's this theory you've got more. It's all oh, my family have supported this club, so I support them. Don't go to the games. Um, don't see it in the telly as much. Uh, yeah, I technically support them, but I really like Barcelona because you, you, you actually see them more often. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So I think I think there are sort of two reasons or facets behind this. One, I think, is sort of specific to the Scottish league, and one is a problem with football fans in general. The first would be that. Scott, the Scottish League, if you look at leagues across Europe, um, Scottish teams have one of the highest proportion of their incomes from gate receipts because there isn't a very good television deal. Now, we can argue about why that is. A lot of people would probably blame the people who organise the game, you know, Neil Doncaster, the SPFL, for not selling it well enough, for not getting a good enough TV deal. But I guess what the, the clubs would say in their defence is that they have to basically fleece the fans that they have because the biggest proportion, I think it's something like 54%, which is a huge number, I mean, yeah. compared to the English Premier League, which has that massive oh, TV crazy. deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a huge number for fans who actually go to the games who provide income for the Keep club. So I guess yeah. what they'd say is, well, look, we have to maximise the income from those fans who do go, yeah. which we don't necessarily agree with. I mean, I think you and I would both say that that's not the way to go about it. And uh-huh. it's short-termist because, as we've been saying, it probably puts people off going in the future. You don't engender that thing. But yeah. in the sort of the... The real politic of it, it keeps that's what's going to happen. And the second, yeah. I would say, is, and I'd, I'm sure there are some people listening who've already had this reaction, is it's the tribalism of football. So when mm. I read out at the start about the most expensive season ticket at Rangers, £724, there are some people who will go, yeah, but our cheapest one's cheaper than Celtic. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, people have so. that reaction. You know, if, if, if you ever complain about anyone's ticket prices, the other fans will go, but what about what your about ticket prices? It's, it's like, well, no, but, and it's like, well, we as football fans should all collectively be paying yeah. less for tickets yep. and it, so it, it just it doesn't uh, help the cause it helps the, the people setting the ticket prices when yep. you vigorously defend <laughs> another set of fans being ripped off being having to pay £27 to sit behind yep. a green pole do you know uh-huh. what I mean yeah yeah, yeah, definitely so how, how do you think how do you think you get past I mean the first issue 
I guess, would be negotiate better TV deals, bring in more income from elsewhere. But the second one, how how do you get past that? Can you get past that? I I, th- I think the second one, the first one definitely is just that, um, be more proud of the product. I mean, and obviously you've got Celtic and Rangers, you know, it's, it's sign the deal sort of thing, and that was always a more attractive thing for people. There is that. That's always been there. That's for business guys to be better businessmen and get more of a deal for that. That's, that's one thing. The second one, I think, is one of those things that, we could. I think we've, there's been so many topics in this podcast that we've talked about since we started that comes down to that being an issue of it's Scottish football. Do you know what I mean? It's basically you know there's no unity behind it. It's there's no there's no way to criticise anyone because the fans of that team go what about what about what about no matter what it is. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just going yeah that's an issue, um we should deal with that or yeah that's an issue. You've also got an issue with that. We should all deal with that or you know there's this like, it's just this instant defensiveness and paranoia and rage from I'm not just I'm not in case what I think I'm not just talking about Celtic Rangers fans here. No. There is it's no, just I, I, it's I widespread. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just oh but you know, if it, like, you know you criticise hearts and they immediately say, Well, could we wash Douglas sisters? Or it just you know, it goes off. Everyone's like a coiled spring, ready to be annoyed and offended by any criticism of their club. And the the sad fact is a lot of things have been ran wrong and ran badly. Um, and there's there's issues all over the place. There's obviously things that have improved in recent years. You can see there's been a good there's been an improv, improv, improvisation, improvisation, improved attendances at times, which goes against what we're saying about with the tickets. Yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah, but it does. But the, again, how short term is that, and what's going on with it? There, you know, you can't say making them really expensive long term is a good thing. I mean, it just can't be. Yeah, and um, and, uh, and I guess people would say that it's gone to small country and they point to having a big attendance per capita. But then I suppose it's yeah. also a sort of moral thing because, I mean, as you said earlier, some people, they will just find the money to yeah. go. But, I mean, a lot of the clubs, you know, are in places like Kilmarnock, like Paisley, like Motherwell, uh-huh. um, who in recent years uh, have had, you know, huge job losses, loss of industry, loss of jobs in these yep. towns, you know, where the unemployment rate is going to be sort of above the national average and people are, people maybe will still go, but they have to stump up this money. And I was, I was looking earlier, I was looking at um, the, so, so some other leagues, you know, we see where Scotland are ranked in the coefficient. So uh, these are leagues that, by UEFA coefficient, uh-huh. have a better product according yeah, to according how they do in that, Europe. Yeah. So um, Everyone. Yes. Well, so <laughs> the Slavia Prague, which is the Czech, they're the Czech champions. Uh-huh. Their cheapest ticket is £7.24. Uh, for European matches and derbies with Sparta, the most expensive is £28, which, okay, is quite expensive. But then if you look at their Champions League group, they've got yep. Barcelona, Inter, and Borussia Dortmund. So you probably pay £28 for that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Red Star Belgrade is £1.52. It goes up to a massive £3.81 for the derby against Partizan Belgrade. And get your pie here. Yes. Well, quite. And Liga, which is the French top flight, have capped ticket prices for away fans at ten euros, which is about eight pounds seventy. Or it was when we started this podcast. Who knows what Brexit will have done to it since then? <laughs> totally in the toilet. In fact, the grubber, <laughs> the grubber. In and the on grubber. that note, on the obligatory mention of the grubber, we'll move on from the social, political, and economic issues out the way, and to another topic. Which earlier, Jules and I were discussing a story involving Roy Keane, which I think I'll ask him to relate to you in a second. Um, Kino is a notably terrifying man and that got uh, us thinking about which managers you'd least like to get on the wrong side of. So Jules, could you just tell us just a quick pressy of the Roy Keane story? Quick pressy Roy Keane story. It was reported earlier today um, when he was at Celtic and it was after a particularly thumping um, 
win against a lower league side. I think it might have been Deferland, possibly. Um, him and Tommy Burns were sitting up having chats and, and doing the chat. This was on a Cy Ferry's podcast, I believe. Um, and a woman came up to Roy Keane at quarter to ten at night in the hotel with her son and says, excuse me, Roy, can my you know, son get a photo with you? And he gave her a death stare. This was the phrase, a death stare. And he says, hey, how old is he? And she went, nine. And he went, no, he should be in bed. It's far too late for him. Get him up to bed. No photos. Bed. With his death stare at a child. And <laughs> you just think, that's the most... There's, there's many contenders. That is maybe the most Roy Keane story of all time. Uh, what a... Yeah, it's, it's, yeah well. you know, you think I uh, just take a photo with the kid, but yeah. as the subject, as, as it came up earlier, you wouldn't really want to argue with Roy Keane. No. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read out who the managers are in the Premiership, and we're going to say, who would you least like, who's the hardest manager in the Premiership? Who would you least like to have a fight with? Now, obviously, we don't condone fighting, and we don't condone violence. And we don't want to fight any of these managers, because pretty much all, all of them, them... Yeah, they're all definitely... They're all definitely tougher than us, yeah, so just... Absolutely. So I'm just going to give you the list of the managers, Jules, and then we'll discuss. So you've got Derek yeah. McInnes, Neil Lennon, Brian Rice, Craig Levine, Paul Heckingbottom, Angelo Alessio, Gary Holt, Stephen Robinson, Stephen Gerrard, Stephen Ferguson. I had to take Stuart Kettlewell out because it's not fair if there's two of them. That's two on one. So you can't yeah, have two yeah. managers no, no. in a fight. So Stephen Ferguson's going in. Tommy Wright and Jim Goodwin. So any names that jump out of you there, Jules? Um, I would fancy my chances most against Andrew Alessio because he seems like such a nice man. I'm sorry he, he pulled the killer car right away, but he does seem like a very nice man. You never really might be sort of, you know, I mean, I would agree with you. He's probably the lowest down my list. What uh-huh. I would say is he did play as a forward in Serie A in the late yes. 80s and early 90s, so you probably, he's probably got a bit of toughness about he him can, dealing can, with those sort of Italian defenders. Yeah, he can, probably, he can probably take a fair bit of punishment. Given it out, though, it just seems like a really decent fella and he'd probably take pity on you, I think. Yeah, so, I think I think Jan come with you on that one. Uh-huh, I think he's an, an all right human being. Um, obviously, I mean, your main, I mean, you know, me, most recently, Paul Heckenbottom was threatened to like, was it punch, punch the linesman's teeth in or something. Was it linesman? Uh, official? Yes. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, so to knock someone's teeth out anyway. Teeth yeah. out that. Um, that, that gives you a bit of hope because usually folk that threaten these things aren't the ones that actually end up doing it. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not fighting them. No, um, I wouldn't necessarily fight him, but I think I can, I can with you. I think he's yeah. possibly all mouth and no trousers. I'd have him sort of lower down my list yeah, as well. definitely. And I think as well, you need to look at kind of where Hibs are at the moment as well and think, you know, that doesn't seem a team that are that scared of the manager. No, mean, no really? that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the thing. Whereas the previous uh, Hibs manager, um, who's, who's now... Yes, who's, who's now Celtic, Neil Lennon. Well, let's come on to him, yes. Yes, um, yeah. Um, so, Honey Badger, Stroke Wolverine type character, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, no, no, no. You're all right with that. I, I so, I mean, that. I'm uh, so I'm kind of with you. I think Lennon, I think he'd be scrappy. But, I mean, the two names that come out here for me is Tommy Wright and Jim Goodwin. Uh, yeah. Both both of those, I think, those are those are tough men. And I think if they're coming up against Lennon, I think he's I think he's starting well. You know, if it's a boxing match, he's coming out yep. swinging. But I think over the piece, over the 12 rounds, I'd have Goodwin or right ahead of him. Yeah, no, definitely. I wouldn't find so much chance against either of those people. Um, I really wouldn't. Um, Brian Rice. I think he might be like old man hard. Yeah, exactly. You know how you get yeah. like, the, the, like there's a guy in a pub and like he doesn't necessarily look hard and he probably won't fight, but everybody in the pub knows like I don't get don't get on yeah, his wrong uh-huh. side. Ah, uh, there's a story there. Yeah, I mean, I mean so Brian know. Rice. I mean, I think well, I've met him. Uh, our editor Johnny's met him. He seems like a nice guy, but does. he does look to me like he's a guy who like he could take some punishment yeah. and I think he could dish it out. Too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the vibe has done it in the past. Do you know what I mean? Um, don't give him any snash. I think. No snatch for rice, is what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> um, just got a slipping slightly away for, away for the, the top flight. Uh, one I thought um, was a David Hopkins. Yeah, David Hopkins. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. a contender. Yeah, yeah. He, could, yeah. he could definitely step up, I think. Hopkins, um, yeah, definitely. Obviously, ex-Chelsea, ex-Leeds. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Kind of get a head like a shoebox made of wood. 
Yeah, yeah, and he's got he's got the kind of the, the big ears where you know he looks like he sort of had a had a few punches around there. Uh-huh, he looks, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I think that's a very good show. I think he could yep. definitely. Uh, so he gives you the fear a little bit as well, uh, and obviously, um, going aside, you've got um, your, your favorite and mine, particularly your favorite Gary Caldwell. Yeah, he's got a massive head, so um, massive if he managed well. to stick the nut on you, yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm having. I'm not sure. I'm putting him in in the league of Hopkins, Bright, Goodwin. I mean, we haven't. He could probably stick the nut on you though from a distance. Yeah, yeah, he probably could. Yeah, you could be out of punching range <laughs> yeah, exactly. and he just stick the nut on you. Thump. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think I think Gary Holt would be a bit of a dark horse. Yes, uh, hard hard working midfielder in his playing career knew how to get stuck mm-hmm. in. I don't think he's in the the, the top tier, he's but I think he's solidly mid table. Yeah, for a mid table contender. What about Steven Gerrard? I think Gerard, uh, I'd have him probably slightly below Lennon. I'd definitely have him above above the likes of Alessio. I'd have him mm-hmm. above Derek McInnes too. I mean, we remember him as a player. He he, he was hard working. He was feisty. You know, he, he could mm. snap into a challenge. He wasn't afraid yeah. of it. But I feel that he's maybe not quite willing to get as as down and dirty as some yeah. of the other guys on the list. Yeah, yeah. Some of the guys I think actually would enjoy it. Yeah, you know I mean? or that kind of thing. Whereas he just more handle it. Um, yeah, I we missed it. Stephen Robinson. Stephen Robinson, I would not mess with him at all. No, I think um, I think he's a bit of a dark horse as well. Is, yeah, um, I saw him recently get interviewed, and he was bemoaning the fact that the modern game's changed, and you're not allowed to scream at your players anymore. Yeah. And he was saying it with this kind of sadness, as if you're taught about you know your grand been long gone. I mean, he's like, it's just just it's different, you know. You can't just do this. Yeah. So you need to kind of put your arm around him, and he says it in a sort of way. Of, <laughs> yeah, it speaks to a man with a sort of deep, sublimated rage that if <sighs> a fight ever kicks off, and he lets that, if he unleashes the beast, yeah, then then uh-huh. you're all in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not having Stephen Ferguson. I, I don't think he's going to be hard. Nah. If I put, I'm putting him down there with Angelo, to be perfectly honest, yeah. and probably with McInnes. Uh, Craig Levine would be the last one. Now I think this is one where I think like back in the day. I mean, Craig Levine famously had a fight with his own teammate on the pitch. I think he yeah. was hard back in the day. I think he I'm was. not sure about now. No, well, obviously he's getting older, but that doesn't really mean anything. Oh no, because um, I mean, we, you know we've said Brian Rice seems like he's Brian quite Rice, nice. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, I think I, I think you know Levine would be more likely to kind of like you know just. Sort of whisper through the wall and drive you slowly mad with depression. <laughs> yeah, I mean? sort of trolling. He'd, he'd, he'd yeah. troll you to death. He'd just sit and whisper. So, send, leave you wee notes, you know what I mean, in your locker and stuff. Like, you're rubbish. Yeah. You know what I mean, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, younger, yes. Um, but, yeah, I'm up for it. But I think he's, he's learned to channel his aggression in more subtle psychological ways these days. Right. So, if we're doing... So, what we've what we've sort of agreed on the top three, we've got Tommy Wright, Jim Goodwin, David Hopkins. That's Definitely. our top three, Definitely. right? I'm going to ask you. Who's number one out of that? If it's some sort of three-way sort of Royal Rumble sort of style, who's coming out on top? When the dust settles the and dust one settles. man is left standing, who left. is that man? I think... I think it may be Goodwin for me. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard it's to hard argue with that. Yeah. Um, I think I think Tommy Wright, I think he could. I, I think he strikes me as a man who, who could, again, I think yes. could take a lot of punishment. A useful man to have around. Yeah, definitely. But no, I think it's difficult to argue with Goodwin coming out on top. He's, he's got the eyes. He's got the, 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 the eyes of a man. Do you know what I mean? You just think, aye, no, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm the, just leaving, it's fine. The kind of, and, you know, I mean, he, and he's quite a bit of a silver fox these days, mm. Goodwin, so you could see him, you know, when all the, the other 11 plus Hopkin, uh-huh. uh, who, we've, who we've brought in, all the other <laughs> managers are laying battered and bruised on the yeah. canvas, and he's just there, just fixing he's his He's still hair, there, slicking it back. giving a death like, stare to the camera. No, yes. it's no happening, yep. 
Well, I hope so. everyone enjoyed that subject. <laughs> which, uh, so, um, and we're going to move on to something that's only slightly less nonsense, which we did is a serious another, topic at the start. So yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, which is another another Gabby's game. So we're going to go back to funny foreign team names, and we've actually got a special guest in the studio. We've got young Harry, who is only seventeen, which is annoying. Uh, he was in the other day, but he wasn't on mic. We're going to get him on mic now. Harry, welcome to Football Scotland Daily. Hello, happy to be here. Are you ready to play <laughs> the game? Happy to have you. I am. Just don't beat oh, me. Okay, I'm going to just explain the game for the listeners and for Harry and again for Jules. What we're going to do here is there, these are teams from all around the world with basically funny names. The catch is I've made some of these names up. So I'm going to give you three teams each with funny names, some of which are real and some of which I made up. All you have to do is... Say which is which. Did you remember a tiebreaker? I forgot. I did remember a tiebreaker. Yes. Than me. So I'm going to start with Jules, and the first team is Stationery Stores FC. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, this is the beauty. These things are so ludicrous. You think that could ease about your weird brain, but at the same time, you think mm, that could be a thing as well. I'm going to have to say that is false. That is real. Oh, That's God a Nigerian team. Um, oh, my God. Their nickname is the Flaming Flamingos. What? That's also a genuine fact. What? How did yeah. you get that for the most boring name in the world? Stationery stores. Oh, apparently, it was founded by a guy who ran a lot of stationery stores, right. and that's so he just called them stationery stores. So it's the Flying Flamingos. Yeah. Sure, sure. About the Flying Filing Cabinets or something. But this, I mean, this isn't even, you know, one of those where, like, a team's taken on a sponsor's nickname. Ah. They've been called this for, like, 50 years or whatever. <laughs> stationery stores, <laughs> stationery FC. Stores. Yeah. Okay. So, Harry's got the chance to go 1-0 up, and Does? if he wins the game, he's going to have a hundred percent record so yeah. the pressure's yeah. all on you my son Dang. sounds good so <laughs> second team is this real or did i make it up furious weasels that is tough uh i think that one might be real oh that one's oh. fake i made that one up so neither 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 of you have managed to get on the board <laughs> back to jules we've got the dismal swamp drongos <laughs> That's gave you all over. Yeah, that I did make that. <laughs> Dismal, Dismal Swamp is a real place is in it? Australia, right, though. Right. Um, yeah, uh, Dismal Swamp Drongos are not a real team. Ah, yeah, that's a so, shame. Jules is 1 0 up. Uh, <laughs> Harry with the chance to equalise here. We've got Humble Lions. Mm, no, I don't think that can be right. That's real. That's a Jamaican oh, team. Uh, so, Jules I'm has not got, good at this. Jules, <laughs> it's pure luck. Jules, right, Jules has got the chance to win it here. If he gets this, he's won the game. The Pittsburgh Riverhounds. It's a podcast, Jules. You have to make noise. <laughs> that was the sound of my brain going... <laughs> <laughs> you thinking is not an audio feature. No, it's not a visual feature either. It's a bit unpleasant. Um, I would say that is False. Oh, that's real. God damn that's it. a team from the God American like second division, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. That's a real right. one. So, Harry, to take it to the tiebreaker, Manly FC. I think that is real. That is damn real. It. That's an Australian team. We yeah. go to the oh, tiebreaker. No. So, I'm going to ask you, basically, which country is this team from? If you need to get it, I'll accept continent. <laughs> okay? This is a real team. Right. Ifutu Citrus Professionals. Africa. Okay, Jules has got Africa. <laughs> Harry, can you get a country? I'm going to go for Nigeria. Oh, so close. It was Ghana. Jules wins the game. Woo-hoo! Just about good on game. the continent good technicality, game, good game. but that was a very good and game. And your face, young man. <laughs> it's a very good game. 
from Harry, <laughs> Jules, a man old enough to be his father, is Grand- now horribly gloating in his face. <laughs> Possibly grandfather. Possibly <laughs> grandfather <laughs> in certain parts of the world anyway. Indeed. Well, that's where I'm from, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so on that note, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter, which is at football underscore Scott. So ask a question or make a comment to us individually. You can get me on at Gaby Mackay and Jules on at captain underscore Howdy. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.